Good day to you, fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. My message this morning is titled, Can It Happen to Me? Can It Happen in America? If you think about it for a minute, you'll know what I'm going to talk about. Can it happen to me? Can it happen in America? We're going to talk about divine healing today. And from the title, you can, you can catch my thinking process. By the way, if you're somewhat new to us, um, if you received a bulletin when you came in, you can take notes directly uh, from that. Uh, there's a little page of script in the bulletin, and that'll help you a little bit. If you do not, you can, you can get our, uh, our app and take that no, notes along in your electronic device. I know you seasoned believers would answer that question with a resounding yes. And so what I'll say to you is the problem is not with what we believe, it's what we've experienced. Uh, That experience tells us that we just don't get healed every time we pray for something or someone, someone else's healing that maybe it's somebody we really love. And we were sincere and we were seeking God. We may have even prayed and fasted. We got in God's face, if you will, and really sought the Lord for an answer. And perhaps they passed away. And it's hard to register that, isn't it? You might as well be honest with me this morning because I know this is the truth. That every single one of us walk in. You've prayed for something that didn't happen for you. We've Frequently hear of crusades back when evangelists were having crusades uh, all around the world, Africa and South America and India, where they have these gigantic crusades with hundreds of thousands sometimes of people. I remember hearing through the years the big gatherings of Reinhard Bonnke in in India and, and... you, you see um, visible cancers removed. They would have testimonies. I'm not talking about the kind, you know, somebody had cancer in their body and you couldn't tell it. I'm saying visible cancers that were removed, fell off. And some of these great things happened, blind eyes open, lame people that were unable to walk, leaving their wheelchairs, leaving their crutches, taking braces off and just walking. And some of these great miracles that you're able to identify clearly as the hand of God happening in that moment in these places. The question for us today is, can it happen to you in America? And the answer is, of course, absolutely. In fact, it happens all of the time. And those of you that perhaps view the 700 Club or maybe catch uh, Sid Roth's 
It's supernatural. Um, they, they give testimonies regularly on those programs. And, and I encourage you to watch those programs because they're, they're giving testimonies regular of how God comes in and with miraculous heal, healing. And it, and it gives you, it builds your faith, strengthens your faith. We've even had some amazing healings take place right here at Central Assembly. Some with our ministry and some with the, involving the uh, ministry of the Shuttlesworths. I want to go on record this morning as stating that God is still in the healing business. And we're going to see that in his word today. So I'm going to take you to begin with to Isaiah 53 verses 4 and 5. I, of course, have it for you on the screens. God is still in the healing business. We're going to look beginning at Isaiah 53 verses 4 and 5. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrow that weighed him down. And we thought that his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. So we're going to begin by looking at the biblical provision, starting here in the Old Testament in this passage from Isaiah, the biblical provision for healing. And in this Old Testament passage, we see Christ pictured as bearing our sickness or disease. And what I want to do with you this morning as we start out, I want us to celebrate that he took on our sin and iniquities first. That's what Isaiah points out. I, I, I think we should celebrate that he took on our sin and our iniquities. Let's celebrate that first. That's the first healing we receive. Amen? Because mankind's greatest need for healing lies in the sickness of sin. Right? You agree with that? Mankind's greatest need for healing lies in the sickness of sin. Why do I say it's the greatest need? Because it affects eternity. You get healed in your physical body, but that just helps you here now on earth. But the healing of your soul man, being renewed on the spirit level, that's eternal. And all of us must have that first. Psalm 41 verse 4 writes or says it this way. I said, Lord, be merciful to me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against you. Heal my soul, for I've sinned against you. Until we come to that kind of recognition, we will remain in the sickness of sin. You've got to recognize you're a sinner. You need to be healed from the sickness of sin. Channeling my inner Billy Graham here this morning when I say that. Until we come to that kind of recognition, though, we're, we're in a state, I, I, we're, we're eternally dead. We're going to land in hell until we recognize we need forgiveness of our sins. We need Jesus in our lives. The heavenly provision is, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us. 
in our state of soul sickness, which every person is born with, Christ comes to heal. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned. We're born into it. So the only way to fix it is to come to the healer. Jesus provided your healing for the sickness of sin when he died for you on the cross. When he shed his blood for you, he can, he can redeem you from your sickness of sin. And this is accomplished with our first act of faith. We pray, even Christ Jesus and his work on the cross, and we receive. Just that simple. That's your first act of faith, by the way. How many of you have experienced the healing from the sickness of sin? Lift your hands up. Come on, give testimony that Jesus has forgiven you of your sins. You've been set free today. Yet the punishment that brings us peace was placed on him. He had to endure the hardship of the cross. It's a free gift to us, but it cost him plenty, didn't it? And here's what I want to go on record again as saying, I want you to catch this this morning, church, because remember, every single one of you that are saved, that are born again, that have been forgiven of your sins, as simply as you have received healing from your sin, you can or will receive the second provision of Isaiah 53 verse 5 with his stripes we are healed not only that does that uh, provision include the healing of the soul but for our bodies as well you're still with me now you follow me as simply as you receive healing from sin you can or will excuse me you will or can receive the second provision of Isaiah 53 verse 5 just that simple. I know we try to make it win. But listen, the beating that he endured was not only for sin, but our physical healing as well. And notice, I love what Isaiah, how he says it, because his present tense usage of we are healed. By his stripes, we are healed. Present tense. That's physical healing, not just the, the renewal of your spirit, forgiveness of sins. Even, just so you understand this, when he makes this, uses we are healed, the justification of the Hebrews found in sacrificial animals is based on Jesus's, Jesus Christ's work. All of those animals, all of those lambs, all of those bulls, any ram, even the, the small birds, etc., that were sacrificed, all looked to Jesus, the one and only real sacrifice for our sins. The perfect Lamb of God. They all pointed towards Him. And I know as you sit here right now, you're thinking, but it, Pastor, it takes a lot of faith for healing to come, for people to be healed. Really? It takes no more faith to be healed than it takes to be saved or born again. No more faith. It's the same process of faith. There are no gimmicks. There's, it doesn't matter how loud you shout. 
It doesn't matter if you got a, you feel goosebumps. That's not the source of your healing. The power, it comes through Christ and Christ alone. His work on the cross, it was completed so that we could walk healed. There's no gimmicks. This funny stuff that people put on it. Got to say it with the right voice inflection. Like if you say it in God's name. You know, you're able to talk like you're real spiritual and say spirit versus spirit like you normally talk. None of those, it's the same belief, same confession of faith that got you born again can get you healed. Source is the same. Let's take a few moments and look at the New Testament provision for healing. Now we're going to look at Luke 4 verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, and that the oppressed will be set free. So what do you have here? What you have is Jesus' own testimony that He came to heal the brokenhearted, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are bruised, those who are captive, those who are bound, use whatever word there. Thank God Jesus comes to set us free. We don't have to maintain, we don't have to continue to walk in bondage. We can be freed by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. These are the words of Christ as he reads from Isaiah 61 verse 1. These, Jesus right there, in that he's reading from the passage. He's reading the words of Christ from 61 verse 1. That was his formal announcement of who he was and what he had come to do. This is his formal announcement. He's standing in the temple. And I'm thinking when I hear this, I'm thinking of the, a wrestling ring. And it's in Vegas, and the mic comes down from the, and he says, the announcer says, let's get ready to rumble. And I know you're thinking it's not that dramatic. Oh, contrary. I've got a different story for you. When Jesus made this announcement, the listeners knew that this was a messianic prophecy. They weren't dumb. They knew when he made this messianic prophecy that he, was, that he was speaking and he applied it to himself. Listen to what Luke, it's same, same chapter, Luke 4, 21. Here's what it says. Oh, I'm sorry, I should have put that for you guys' notes. Quick, quick, get it, quick. I'm ready to move. Luke 4, 21 puts it this way. Then he began to speak to them, the scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Let's get ready to rumble! That's that announcement right there. They weren't sitting, suddenly, 
I'll put it to you this way. The atmosphere in the room changed. Disconnected Daniel sitting somewhere in the back of the synagogue. Did I hear what I just thought I heard? Sleeping Samuel suddenly awoke because angry Aaron punched him in the arm. Yeah, I matched up all those letters. I did that all on my own. Just punching the guy in the arm saying, hey, the carpenter just said he's Messiah. Wake up. You can't be asleep. Did you hear what he said? The atmosphere changed. This carpenter's son, we've, we've seen him. He grew up around here. We know what he's like. But he just said, this scripture today is fulfilled in your presence. Right now, I'm Messiah. And people got, they got excited, but not in a good way. And what happens? Well, the, the reality is Jesus goes on to fulfill this prophecy, proves it. He proves that it was real because he does what Messiah came to do. And you know what the good thing is? He goes on to instruct his disciples to do the very same thing. Look at your neighbor right now and say, uh-oh, he's talking about you now. Look at what the scripture says. I love this passage, Mark 16, verse 15. And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone, anyone who believes and is baptized, will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. Albert, did he say these miraculous signs will accompany the disciples? Did he say these miraculous signs will accompany pastors? evangelists, missionaries, the apostles. Is that what that word says? Amen, little lady. You got it right. Tell these, these old folks sitting around you, say, wait a minute. Those who believe, I believe. You believe? They will cast out demons in my name and they will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety and they, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Who are they? Look at your neighbor right now and say, you're they. They will be able. The record in the book of Acts tells us that's exactly what they did. Let me take you on a short journey through Acts. In Acts chapter 3, verses 6 and 7, Peter and John at the gate, beautiful, lame man walks. Went walking and leaping and praising God. Silver and gold I don't have. What I do have, 
I give it to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He didn't mince words. He wanted him to know who he was speaking of. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he did. Fact is, Peter and John got into some trouble after all that. Acts chapter 5, verse 16, like this. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. Notice what the word says here. I want you to catch it. Sometimes we miss the subtlety of the word. And those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. You hear what he's saying? Possession by an evil spirit, they need healing. They need healing. Hmm. Let's go on. Acts 9. 34 and 35, Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your sleeping mat. And he was healed instantly. Then the whole population of Lydda and Sharon saw Aeneas walking around and they turned to the Lord. I just saw him last week. As the week before, and the week before, and the year before, and the year before that, I just saw him. He's walking. What? What's going on, Aeneas? All I know is this dude walked up to me from Galilee region, used to be a fisherman, and he said, get up, and I got up when he said in Jesus' name. Let's turn our attention to the Apostle Paul. I love what he writes here or is said about him. So Paul called to him in a loud voice, stand up. And the man jumped to his feet and started walking. This is, he's in a place now where these people worship these Greek gods and such. And they, they tried to make Paul and, and, and his companions, they tried to make them gods. They tried to worship them. Paul had to say, no, 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 back on off that. That ain't happening here, guys. I'm just a man like you are. Only thing is, I know Jesus. I believe in Jesus. They tried to worship Barnabas and Paul, but they said no way. Acts 19, verse 12, puts it this way. When handkerchiefs are aprons that have merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases, and evil spirits were expelled. Remember, remember how Jesus said, and greater things shall you do? Seems like that's one of those greater things. And it doesn't even, it doesn't even say that Paul prayed over the handkerchiefs. It didn't have a time of prayer and fasting. Didn't put some special oil on it. Just says if it touched his skin and then they placed it on the sick people, they were healed of their diseases and here it is again and evil spirits were expelled. Well, 
Well, let's close it out with another good one. Acts 28, verses 8 and 9 puts it this way. And it happened. Publius' father was ill with fever and dysentery. Paul went in and prayed for him. And laying his hands on him, he healed him. I love this last line. (laughs) And all the other sick people on the island came and were healed. That's some good stuff right there, ain't it? And all the other sick people. He he emptied out the hospital. They were like, we don't got to go to work tomorrow. There's no one here. They didn't have hospitals. You realize I'm being... But you get the point. All the other people on the island came and were healed. Seeing this, I suspect that your response may be that this is a time of a special outpouring and a sovereign move of God. And I'll, I'll grant you that it was a sovereign move of God and a special time in outpouring. But I want you to show me in the word where that was ended. Show me in the word where it says, and after the apostles died, this was done. Because if we go back to the scripture in Mark where it says, and those who believe will lay hands on and they will be healed. He didn't put any reservations on it. I mean, I asked our resident expert, Albert, and he said it wasn't just for apostles. See, when you got a head that big, there's a lot of good stuff in there. That's why you shave the hair off, so, you know, it lets the heat out, you know, when it's always operating. (laughs) He's one of my good deacons, so I'm having fun with him, folks. He... You know, it's for all of us. And there's no place in the Word that it says it finished. It's done. So, how many of you will agree with me that we're in the last days of time? I I say it like Brother Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I love to hear him preach on this subject. and We're not just in the last days, folks. We're in the last minutes of the last days. We're in the final countdown, folks. Listen to what Acts 2, verse 17 says. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Uh Uh-oh. All people. Now he gives some qualifications. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I I think he he let in everybody, didn't he? Sons and daughters. Hmm. That means male, female. Young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants. Men and women alike. And they will prophesy. And I will cause, here at church, here's what I want you to catch, here's what you're walking out with, and I will cause wonders in the heavens above 
and signs on the earth below. We have to recognize that these things happened everywhere the believers went with anyone that was willing. Those signs happened. Everyone, I, I told the first service, I'll tell you all the same thing. You, re, you remember reading about Philip in the book of Acts, in the letter of Acts? You remember reading about that? Philip was transported before Star Trek came up with the idea. Philip was transported. He was in one place at one moment. Next thing you know, someplace else. God did that. Signs, miraculous signs. From the biblical account, they expected God to move this way and acted accordingly. They expected it. They expected God to show up. They expected God to do the miraculous, and they acted like God would do it. They carried themselves in a manner where they believed that God would do what he said he would do. So what about us today? Where does that leave us today? Gospel of John chapter 14 verse 12 is where I want to begin now. And I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. This is the scriptural umbrella we ought to be living under, trusting in, and working through. This is the scriptural umbrella. This is where we ought to we ought to stay in faith. We're, we're living under this, this biblical message to us, New Testament message, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes. Did you catch that? Young, old, male, female, anyone who believes. Sometime ask Pastor Amy how God answered a child's prayer when we were in, down in Wachula, Florida. I'll give it away for you. We prayed for the, the kid said, came in, said, I, my pig, piglet, is not well. Would you pray for him? Prayed, God answered, pig's well. Probably been enjoyed in other ways since that time. All of you Puerto Ricans say hallelujah. <laughs> Got me some baby back ribs. <laughs> Woo! Anyway, <laughs> I digress. It's funny how things turn to food around this time of day. Good thing there's some stuff out in the floor when you guys leave. Fix yourself up. Get yourself your fix of sweets on your way out today. 
God hears those prayers. It's amazing to me that these childless, these children's prayers, I mean, I, I'm making fun of that, but God really answers children's prayers because they're not all bound up with the stuff in these heads. We're trying to put all kinds of gimmicks and magic on it, and we got to have a special prayer clock, got to be anointed the right way, right corner of it. You got to have this specific concoction of oil. Throw in a, a, a thorn from the cross that Christ hung on, and you're guaranteed healing. Doesn't work like that. Christ certainly never intended for healing to, of the soul to stop. Why in the world would he consider that we would consider that uh, healing for our bodies would stop? He wants people, uh, it, it's God's desire that all would turn from sin. That all would come in repentance. That all would be saved. That's God's desire. In the same way, he wants us healed. Healing is, in fact, one of the nine gifts of the Spirit literally listed in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. I have the passage for you here in the Scriptures. I'm just going to read a couple of those verses from verse 9. It says, the same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles. That's just part of the listing from, that relay, relays all of those nine gifts. These gifts were intended for all believers, not just a select few. Not just for pastors, preachers, evangelists, ministers. Wasn't intended, no. They were intended for all. These gifts are distributed as the Holy Ghost wills. But you have to want something that he gives. If I don't know you're thirsty, I'm not trying to give you water. But I know you're thirsty. I'll do what I have to do to get you some water. That's how God treats us with these gifts. If he knows you desire to do a work for his kingdom, to bring glory to the Lord Jesus Christ, he'll fill you with his Holy Spirit and use you in these gifts. So they're intended for all believers. So let's close with this question. Can you be healed today? Absolutely, you see the answer. I didn't even try to disguise it for you. You know what the cool thing is, church? You only need mustard seed faith. I know you think I got to have a whole bunch of faith. Got to have a basket load of faith. That's not what the word says. All you need is mustard seed faith. Now, it can happen here in any service. But you know what's, what's great? It needn't be here and I don't have to be present. Pastor Amy doesn't have to be present. Pastor Mackay doesn't have to be present. Well, she's not present. <laughs> I 
Yes, I'm messing with her. I know that she's hiding out around there waiting for that right moment. Yeah, she's sitting back there having some coffee and a pastry, but she'll be out in a, when, when she gets a moment. We don't have to be present because we're not your source of healing. And I don't have, I, all I have perhaps, Pastor Amy has perhaps, is a little more experience than some of you. We've had our faith activated over many years of being in ministry. But it doesn't make us better than you or more capable than you because these gifts are not confined to a few people that have other giftings in their lives. All he needs is willing people. Whoever believes, hear it from the word, whoever believes, they shall lay hands on the sick. They will recover. Would you stand to your feet with me, please? Now, I can't close the service without doing first things first. Because the reality is, as I said earlier in the service, you could be here and in desperate physical need. And we do want to deal with that. But if I don't deal with first things first, that is the healing of your soul man, your spirit being, I should say, until you are forgiven of your sins, you are still caught in your state of soul sickness. You need Jesus to forgive you of your sins. And he will provide that based on his work on the cross. So do me this favor for just a moment. And if you're watching online, same thing, if you're able to do that. If it happens that you're in a vehicle while this message, you're just listening, then don't close your eyes. And here in the sanctuary, would you please close your eyes? And if you're still in that state where you've not made things right with Christ you've not asked him to forgive you of your sins or perhaps you did at one point but you're like the, the person that her sister was testifying about that said I, I prayed that prayer 20 years ago but I'm not sure right now even if it was a month ago and you're not sure remove the question mark so if you're here and not in a right relationship with Christ stick your hand up high right now Say, i got to get things right today. Is there anyone like that in this sanctuary right now? I've, I've got to make it right with Christ. I need forgiveness of sins. At this moment, I'm not seeing any hands raised, so if you're raising your hand, raise it higher or wave it or do something because I'm not seeing it. Perhaps you're watching online listening to this message today live or any other time and if you're not in a right relationship with Christ pray and ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins to come into your heart believe on him as your Lord and Savior tell him I'm yours Lord thank him for forgiving you of your sins if you sincerely ask he will do it 
here's what we're going to do. It would be it would be so out of place if I were to have this kind of service preach this kind of message and not now turn around and say to you, listen, if you have a problem physically in your body and you want prayer, come forward right now. If you have a problem, you want prayer, come forward right now. Just leave enough space in front of you. Come down to the altar so we can walk in front of you. So. I'm staying right here. praying over these. Pastor Amy, you go down this way today. Stand there with Tina and minister to her. Yeah, let me. I'm going to need one of you guys over here with me. I'm going to go on this side. So. One touch. Those of you who are standing still, you don't mind. Just engage in this moment. Don't disconnect. You know, you can sit out there, we can sit out there, and you're just thinking, well, Luna, they look fine to me. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what they've been dealing with. Sometimes for years, people struggling in their physical bodies, they need a touch from God. Now, need God to heal them. It's interrupting their lives. Maybe that, you know, they're having to start thinking about redirection and stuff. They don't want to have to do that. So please engage. Please trust God. Please believe with us now in this moment. Glory that is here. 
Will strongholds not be moved? Will spirits not die? I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel not only to the Lehigh Valley but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.